0: Thank you, Pastor Pat. Thank you for leading, pastoring. I also want to say one other thank you. I hope I don't get in trouble for doing this, but I have a friend that's sitting up here in the gallery. His name is Marcus Johnson. Serves our country through work in the Navy, and he's here visiting home, and he's put in a bunch of, I think he's around 20 years. Am I right? Yep. Close enough? <laughs> Almost 20 years. Thank you, Marcus. We applaud you. and Thank you for serving our country. God bless you. Just a great man of God, a great, uh, great uh, instrumentalist. You remember him playing his saxophone for us? Anyhow, really appreciate you, Marcus. God bless you. All right, this morning, after that, we're going to talk about praising the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pastor Pat even opened up with it in Scripture this morning in Psalm 138. He was saying, praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Psalm 113, because that's where we're going to spend the majority of our time. Psalm 113, and it starts off saying, praise the Lord. So we're going to talk about that, but let me just give you a little bit, as you're turning there, a little bit of background about what I've been learning, what I've learned about Psalm 113, and all the way through Psalm 115 or I'm sorry, 118. So those five Psalms, I'm not going to talk about all of them. Um, I know many of you are probably saying, why isn't he preaching on Psalm 117 this morning, since it's only two verses, three verses, Uh, but I'm not. So anyhow, these Psalms, I'm going to read you something that I found in a commentary written by uh, Derek Kinder, and it's a, uh, Old Testament commentary, and he wrote this. So I'm going to just read it the way he said it, and I hope you'll understand, and we'll talk about it a little bit more as we go through this morning. There is a series of psalms that begins with what some call the Egyptian halal, H-A-L-L-E-L. And halal meaning the word praise. Only the second of them, Psalm 114, speaks directly to the exodus, but the theme of raising the downtrodden is picked up in Psalm 113, and a note of corporate praise in 115, personal thanksgiving in Psalm 116, world vision in Psalm 117, and festal procession in Psalm 118. It says it makes it an appropriate series to mark the salvation which began in Egypt and will spread to the nations. Now, it's called the Egyptian Halal. This is something that is done, that is read. And from my understanding, even in the Jewish culture at this this time, when Passover comes, they take time to sing these psalms, 113 through 118. And it's been said, I can't say that it's always this way, but I've heard it through or read it through these different commentators that psalm 113 and psalm 114 a lot of times will happen before the passover meal and then 115 through 18 they will sing after the meal so just having a little bit of that knowledge to me at least helped me understand kind of what was going on and when i start reading other scripture and whenever i find scripture that repeats itself it makes me stop and say hey obviously there's something important here god is trying to get a message across And so the first two, if you keep your finger in Psalm 114, and if you have a Bible or a device, I know you can't keep a finger in a device, but I don't know how you can mark it, but I'm going to just read you, don't turn anywhere, just listen, Matthew 26 and Mark 14, 26, and the NIV say this in the exact same words, and they say, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. All right. So this is pretty clear. I think at this point, what this is—this is at the end of the Last Supper Jesus is having with his disciples. Now it says when they had sung a hymn, Psalms were written. And Psalms we call it Psalms the way we read it, but there are—it's—it's a—it's a book of songs. Is really what Psalms is all about, right? We we understand that. I hope we got that in our head. But it says here that they were singing, or they had sung a hymn. Now that means Jesus and his disciples, Jesus and his friends, they were singing this. Now just get that in your heart. That to me kind of excites me a little bit, that when we start reading this and we understand this, and now when you read the end of the, uh, when you start reading through the Passover and Jesus was talking with his disciples and, and all that went on, and then you get to verse Of Matthew 26 or verse 26 of Mark 14, it says that they had sung this. You'll never read Psalm 113 through 118 ever the same way again. Because Jesus and his disciples were singing these as their songs. Now, I wish I knew the tune, but I know I don't understand Jewish, you know, the the way that they write music and stuff and how they do it. They had many different types of instruments and how we have now. And so, I don't know what the tune was. I kind of wish I knew it sometimes, but they were the ones that were singing this. So let's read Psalm 13 and have this in your heart that Jesus and his disciples after the Last Supper began to sing what we're going to read right now. Is that kind of a cool concept? To me, that just charges me up a little bit. And so let's read it. And here, think of this. Jesus Christ, our Savior, singing these words, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you His saints. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all nations, His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? The one who sits on high, who stoops down to look On the heavens and the earth. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with princes of his people, or with the princes of his people. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. Now, first thing you got to know, L O R D, in all of this psalm. Is always capitalized. We're talking about God. We're talking about Yahweh. We're talking about Jehovah, right? The God that is the God that is our creator. He's our redeemer. You know, he put everything in order, right? And so as we're singing all this, I'm just thinking, and I'm, in my mind, I'm trying to think of Jesus with his disciples sitting there at the end or just before maybe they had this meal, began to sing this song. Let's see, we're instructed in this to praise the Lord. In the first verse, three different times it comes up. Praise the Lord. Then it says, praise the Lord, all you who serve him. Do you serve the Lord today? Praise the Lord. Praise him or praise the name of the Lord. Praise him because he's worthy of praise is what it's telling me. Because he is who he is and he's deserving of the praise and for no other reason you and I should be praising him because of who he is. And then we always include other things like because of what he's done, what he is doing, maybe what he's even going to do. We are we are ready to have his name be praised but you know what? His name just deserves to be praised because he's God and we're not. Now, I have done a little bit of research and every time I look it up, all I can find is this was written by someone and they say it's unknown who, who the actual author was. So I just read this just to get your mind in this place. Do you have reason to praise the Lord? Yes, you do. Listen to this. If you have food in your fridge, clothes on your back, and a roof over your head, and a place to sleep, you're already richer than 75% of the world. If you have money in your bank, your wallet, and some spare change, you are among 8% of the world's wealthy. If you woke up this morning with more health than illness, you are more blessed than a million people who will not survive this week. If you have never experienced the danger of battle, the agony of imprisonment or torture or horrible pangs of starvation, you are more fortunate than 500 million people alive and suffering. And if you can read this message, you are more fortunate than 3 billion people in the world who cannot read at all. Do you have something to praise the Lord about? And I'm telling you, we've got something to praise him about. Every day our eyes wake up after we've slept through the night. We have reason to praise the Lord. And I think we've just got to start getting this into our attitude. We've got to get this into our mind. We've got to get this onto our tongue to praise the Lord. We should be praising the Lord whenever we can. And we are instructed here in Psalm 113 to praise his name. If you are one who walks with the Lord, oh, and serve his name, you are a servant of Jesus. Then you already know you should be praising the Lord. That's what the scripture tells us. Be blessed. We are so blessed. I went to a camp a number of years out called Gall Lake Camp, and and I just remember the, the worship leader coming up, and he's saying, you know, if I never receive another blessing from the Lord, I still should be praising his name. And I'll tell you what, that however many years ago that was, it really struck a chord in my heart because a lot of times we always want to talk about the blessing of the Lord and we always think we should be blessed. We're Americans, we should be blessed. We are Americans, we are blessed. We got a military that serves us all over the globe and takes care of us. We've got people that are working and people that are trying to do their best we'll even say through our government, they're trying to do their best. But you know, let's face it, folks, there's a lot of people in our government that don't know the Lord, and we've got a lot of people in positions that don't know the Lord. I don't expect them to do everything by the way the Lord's standards would be anyhow. That's why we've got to be knowing what we believe, and who we believe in, and what we believe in, and I'm going to praise the Lord anyhow, because he's going to prepare me no matter what comes. And I'm looking at this, and if I Listen to Jesus, what he went through. Jesus was singing this as he knew what was coming. This was the Last Supper. He was on his way to Gethsemane. He was on his way to pray. He knew what was coming. He knew crucifixion was in his future. But he still continued to say, no, we're gonna praise the Lord. We're gonna praise the Lord. On the best day of your life, you're a child of God. On the worst day of your life, You're a child of God. We're going to praise you, Lord. I'm going to thank you for that, Lord, because you are awesome. You are the only thing that deserves the term awesome. And I just want to tell you, if I can today, be careful. I have really worked hard to change my vocabulary. Awesome is for my God. Awesome is not for the pizza we might have. Hey, they might be really good pizza. I don't know that it's awesome. It's not awesome, matter of fact, because our God is awesome. And the last part of just, we're still in verse one. I'm sorry, but we'll get going here. We're talking more about his name. And in, in the um, Hebrew tradition, the Jewish tradition, honor and knowledge and, and, and the respect, all this was tied in with the character of a name. Name and character were very closely associated with each other. And so when we're saying praise the name of the Lord, we're saying praise the name of the Lord with a character that does so many great things for his people. See, we will never be able to praise him for anything less than we can today. Because our God does not diminish He does not diminish, he only gets greater. And the more knowledge that you have of him, it will only grow. You will never praise him for anything less than what you already have in him today. Because the more understanding we have, the deeper our relationship will get. He will always deserve more of our praise. So then we move into the next couple verses, two and three, and not only are we to praise him, but we're to praise him, what? Forevermore. There's, there's no condition on, oh, I've done my share of praising today. Oh, I've done my share. You know, I know there's a lot of you that are going through a lot of issues right now. But you know what? He's still God. He's still in control. He's still in charge. He still deserves our praise. Even in the midst of trial, tribulation, struggle, things that are breaking down, things that have fallen apart. I, you know, this would be a hard message to preach right now of people in Florida probably, right? Especially in Fort Myers. But you know what? I have heard them praising the Lord. I've heard testimony of those praising the Lord. Because God will get us through. Because that's the way he is. And it says, as the sun comes up, begin to praise him. And you do that until when? Till the sun goes down. Because you know what happens when the sun goes down? We should go to bed. And in that time, they did that, right? They turned their lamps out. They, they, they took the wick and stopped the flame. And they went to bed. Maybe this is speaking to somebody here today. Maybe it's time. and Maybe it's speaking to me. My wife is saying, yeah, you know how you point a finger at one, you got three pointing back at you, right? Go to bed when it gets dark out. Don't try to keep going. All this artificial light has made us to stay up forever. We we don't even have to go. It never could get dark if you wanted to. But no, as the sun comes up, begin to praise him. Praise him until it goes down. Then rest. (laughs) a good thing it's good to get that rest see the unchanging God never becomes unworthy of our praise and time will only promote the need to praise him more I hope this is your testimony I hope your testimony and I hope the testimony of what people will be able to say about you when you get out in public and when you get out moving even among your friends or your family Or whatever it is, is, oh, there's a person who likes to praise the Lord. There's a person that has a relationship with Jesus Christ and they are being led by how the Lord is moving in their life because I can only hear that. I hear it from them all the time. Become a person in our community that they can't help but say, oh, yeah, he's a praiser. She's one that praises the Lord at all times through all circumstances. We need to really work on our testimony of praising the Lord. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He's more than what I can even desire or, or more than what any of us deserve. But he knows us. So the, the, the key of this whole thing through, like I say, the Hebrew teaching, the way they taught, was a lot of repetition. So we need to praise the Lord. Continue. All right, let's move on through verses 4 through 6 and the different things that are said there. The Lord is exalted over all the nations. His glory above all the heavens. Listen to this, just for repetition a little bit of the first three verses here. Malachi 1, verse 11. My name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offering will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. The nations, his name is gonna be great I trust that it's going to continue to be great in this nation, but it's going to be great in all nations. Listen to how Charles Spurgeon, I, I, just, I heard this quote the other day, and it just really struck a chord in me, and maybe it will with you too. Spurgeon said this, though the Gentiles knew him not, that's, the, that's really us, awesome, right? Though the Gentiles knew him not, yet was Jehovah their ruler? Their false gods were no gods. Their kings were puppets in his hand. See, God's still in control. God is always in control. And and, and as I read this, and then I start looking at it, and I start pairing verse uh, four and five, talking about how great he is. He's great over the nations, even over or above the heavens. Who is like our God? The one who sits enthroned on high? And then in verse six it says, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth. Now, that's what the NIV says. The NIV uses the word stoops down. In the New King James Version, it says he humbles himself. So there's this humility, this part of humility about our God, this, that he's just not out there to zap people. He's just not out there to make sure every time we do something that's not appropriate, we get nailed, you know. It's not that at all. But I like the way the NIV said it because it says he stooped down. He stooped down to look on the heavens. I had to look up stoop because in my mind it was something different. But stoop means to bend at the head and the shoulders or the body generally forward and downward from an erect position. Now, I have always wondered, I've always been intrigued. And when NASA is telling us, and these people that have studied space and whatever else, and they start talking about billions of stars. And I'm, I'm not sure how many galaxies they say. I thought I heard like millions of galaxies. And the way I understand it, the way in my reading and everything that I can do to research it, tells me that we don't have enough instrumentation, we don't have enough of anything to make us really get outside of our own Milky Way galaxy. So every rendering that you see, it's only that. It's not like we've ever set anything up big enough or far enough away to get a good look at what our Milky Way galaxy really is. And then they start telling me about speed and light and billions of this and, you know, all these. It's just, it's way bigger than my mind can comprehend. I don't know if you could be honest and say, hey, it's bigger than my mind too. But well, let me tell you, yes, it is. Because as I read, no matter how big or how vast this universe is, our God has to stoop down to look at the heavens. Our God is so big, he has to stoop down, but he is so intimate that he knows what's going on in this world that we live in. Thank the Lord for his one and only son that was sent to our land, to our planet, to be that salvation for us. Of all the galaxies, of all the universe, he sent Him here to this earth for you, for me, for all those that came before us, those that are gonna come after us, And he has to stoop down to be able to get a glimpse of the heavens. Does he deserve our praise? Absolutely he does. I just found that, when I was reading that and the Lord just kind of revealed that to me, it just blew me away. And I hope that you'll take time to maybe read Psalm 113 a little bit more and take a little time to study it and just look at it. But just the humility of our God stooping. just And and then as we read verses 7 and 8, he raises the poor from the dust and he lifts the needy from the ashy. He sits with them, princes, or he seats them with princes and the princes of his people. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. How humble is he to be so aware of what's going on in every one of our individual lives that he cares about those that are struggling, that are having problems, that are just struggling through how life is getting them. And uh, I don't know what you're dealing with today. And it can be an individual problem. It can be a family problem. It can be a financial problem. It could be a business concern. It could be whatever it is. You may be feeling as if the worst is happening. And if you're in that place, if I could just admonish you and encourage you, continue to praise your Lord. He's very aware. He's very sure of what you're going through. He's right there. He never leaves his children. He never forsakes his children. I found it interesting with Pastor Pat, who's been speaking the last couple weeks about being stuck from our own behavior. And he used the example of Jonah. You know, God called him to something. Jonah said, no, I'm gonna put it, take it in my own hands. I'm gonna go do my own thing. Or even for what maybe God led someone into, like Jeremiah, as he preached about last week. You know what? There are those things, but don't let the enemy steal your song. Don't let the enemy begin to steal your song away from you. Continue to praise his name. Continue to call out on the Lord. Lord, this is an absolute awful thing. And I need something from you. I need your song to be deep into my heart. Don't let the enemy win this and continue to sing your song of praise to the Lord. See, Satan is a liar and he wants you defeated. Satan is a liar, he wants you defeated and I think one of the problems that we have here in this great country is we have it so good that when things aren't going exactly the way that we like, we begin to mumble and grumble and complain and whine and just have all kinds of issues and we begin to lose our praise. Yet he's saying, no, you should be praising me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. That's what he wants from us. He wants our praise. And I'll tell you what, if we begin to praise him, and if we begin to walk around and we get up, and you wake up in the morning, and your feet hit the ground, and you begin to say, this is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice in you, my God. You've given me another day to go out and make an impact into the world that you have given me a chance to have a job, to talk to people, to meet a family member, to whatever it may be. He has given you the chance to make an impact in your world. Don't let Satan steal your song and you begin to say, Oh, man, do I feel terrible today. All these aches and these pains. Yeah, those are real things. Praise his name anyhow. He'll get you through. You know, oh yeah, I I know there are issues and there's probably, however many people there are, there's probably that many issues that could be talked about. But let's start becoming the people that praise his name no matter what. If I can, I just want to read one last verse here. Well, I have two verses left, or two passages left. Let's go to the last one. Jesus knew what he was going to. He knew he was going to be crucified. Listen to Psalm 118. Now, I just, I picked a few verses out of Psalm 118 because I didn't, I wasn't going to just take the time. And I did take this out of the new King James. But I'm going to just read uh, like seven verses. I think Psalm 118 is like 24 verses. But I was doing this with the idea of Jesus singing this with the disciples And it said, I have called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. Verse 6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Verse 8, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Verse 13, you push me violently that I might fall. But the Lord helped me. Verse 14, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Verse 17, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. And then, verse 24, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus is singing this on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane where he's going to pray and where he's going to be arrested, and where he's going to be taken, and he's going to be tried, and he's going to have all these things that we know happen. As we have you know, been in church for any amount of time, you know all the things that Jesus went through. Before they hung him on a cross, the ridicule, the pain, the struggle, all the stuff that was going on, Jesus is saying, this is the day the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad, and he's singing to his father, Jesus knew that his source was in the Father. Can I tell you today, today your source is in the Father. For each and every one of you, I don't know what the issues are, but our worship team is here, and as our worship team sings today, they're going to sing a song, and a couple of the lyrics are, let the rich say, let the poor say, I am rich, Let the weak say, I am strong. And we're gonna sing, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king. If you need to, come down and say, Lord, I need a song restored into my heart today. Come down here and let him begin to start restoring a song in your heart. I I heard Jensen Franklin, I was watching his, a video or a podcast of his. And I, I just liked how real he got with his own congregation. He said, I can I walk in and I can hear people talking about their headaches. And matter of fact, they'll tell 10 people that they have a headache. And they haven't one time said, praise the Lord, that I'm on my feet, I'm moving around and I'm able to praise the Lord. Okay, yeah, you may have a headache, but let's continue to praise the Lord. Let's, let's not go to the negative first. Let's go to the praise the Lord first. And I'll tell you what, when we do that, when he begins to build that song back into you and you can start saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'm a servant of you, Lord, and I'm gonna praise your name. Oh, he's gonna start building something inside of each and every one of us. He's gonna build something in us because we're gonna continue to praise his name. Will you stand with me today? Will you sing the song? Please don't move yet for the doors. I know we're at the end of a service, but you know what? This is his time, and this is a time for you that if you need a song rebuilt in your heart, please make your way down here and bend your knee or stand here before the Lord, and you call out to him and say, Lord, I need a song restored in my heart, and I'm certain he will begin to restore that song in your heart. Father, I pray for this entire congregation that, Lord God, as they move out of this place today. And as they go to wherever they go next, Lord, the praise of the Lord will be on their tongue. And Lord, when they go wherever they are tomorrow, if they get up and go to school, if they get up and go to work, if they get up and just go serve wherever they are, Lord, let your praise be on their tongue, Lord God. Let there be a song that is deposited into them, Lord God, as they continue to read your word. And Lord, you speak that life into each and every one. Lord, help us to be people that are known for our praise and not our ridicule. Known for our praise and not because we whine, because we complain, because, Lord, there's a lot of things that we have going on, and there's a lot of things that could take us negative. We just heard about this whole election process. Lord, it could take us negative. No, we're going to praise you through it, because you are still in control, and you're the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords, and that's who we live for. That's who we want to honor with our lives. Lord God, help us to be a bright light in this culture. Help us to be a bright light in our community. Lord God, let your praise raise up within us. Let your song rise up within us. And we give you the praise this day. And Lord God, I ask that you bless your people. Keep them, Lord. Let them work. Lord, let them just take even this week. Lord God, if it hasn't been a purpose, or if there hasn't been purpose of praising you, Lord, let this week be a week to to practice it. Lord, let there be practice in our tongue in praising you as we go through this week, that every day we wake up, we wake up with the idea, Lord, I'm praising you today because you are my redeemer. I am praising you because you are going to lead me. You're going to guide me. You said you would order my steps each day. Lord God, help us to be people of praise and honor, singing unto you in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Everybody say it. Amen. God bless you and go out and make an impact this week in your world.